0: You never smoke, dude. It really is wonderful. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Oh, no, no. Don't do that, Paul. Don't do that. Okay. Paul. Richard. Today, the sun is shining a little warmer across the world. Yeah, it's climate change. No, that's not climate change. We're not
0: doing that right now, Paul. Okay, we'll come back neighbors
1: to that. Neighbors are peeking over their picket fences and saying hi to neighbors.
0: My neighbor just greeted a bluebird and waved at me. I don't I don't know what's happening.
1: Eye contact, Forrester just came out with a report that eye contact amongst humans went up 62% today. Do you know why? I, I don't, but
0: somebody just came up to me on the street and said, I like you. Did he give you a thumbs up? He did, he gave worse. me a thumbs up.
1: Okay, so with, here's what's happening. Facebook, as of this recording, we are recording, it's up Monday, October 4th, 2021. It's 3 p.m. on the Eastern Time, Eastern mm-hmm. Time Zone. Facebook is down. Yes. In the
0: whole. Yes, yes, no, no, yes, no, we did it. No. We did it. Oh, Paul. thank God. Rich, we and when did I say it. Facebook, shut it all down. We did it. It's so great. I'm so happy.
1: First of all, my mother is going to call me in a few hours and say, why aren't you responding to me? Are you mad at me? So that's a problem. That's a separate issue that I'm going to have to deal with. Okay. Listen, Facebook's down, which means Instagram is down. Actually, usually doesn't mean that. It's kind of wild that it's across yeah, their properties. It's, it's, WhatsApp, I
0: believe, is also down. That means the the entire construction industry is shut down.
1: I mean, WhatsApp is actually, in, in, in a lot of countries, it is the primary means of communication. Now, but here's what's crazy, Paul. It has been a hell of a few weeks for Facebook. And the timing of this is kind of wild because yesterday, last night, I was watching 60 Minutes in my retirement home and a woman named Frances Hagen was on the show being interviewed. She worked at Facebook She was on their like civil, civic duty team, like trying to make sure that the platform was being used for positive things.
0: Facebook has more let's stay ethical, like initiatives and they have like that board. I don't know any company that has had so many efforts to self-regulate. Well, I mean, you got to get ahead of it, right? They have that oversight board. Like 30% of Facebook is now people whose job it is to keep Facebook from truly destroying the world.
1: Do you know how many stuffed animal gifts have been sent to the oversight board from Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg? Many, 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 like baskets of fruit and cheese. It just goes on and on. Anyway, so this woman went to Facebook to actually make it better, to make it Good for the world and whatnot. Yeah, I looked her.
0: I looked her up on LinkedIn. I mean, she was at Google. She was all kinds of places, like a real product manager, like type. Yeah, data scientist, but also very California. Like she knows what's up. She knows how these companies work. You know, she worked at giants that have huge, complicated relationships with all kinds of entities, like governments and citizens. This wasn't news to her that Facebook had some problems. That's right. And she was pursued by Facebook, and she said, "Only if I get to work on
1: making Facebook." Good, better for people, better for the world. Oh, I'm I will sure cup. they're like,
0: absolutely, we're going to do that for you. You, that's exactly what we want to hear.
1: Exactly. So I'm watching this interview yesterday, and she's on there, and she said, you know, I just saw that they, you know, there really wasn't strong organizational intent to do right. That they mm. lost their way. So what does she start doing? And this is a very big. Very brave thing to do. To be far as I can tell, she
0: really sn- she Snowdened it. <laughs> she just
1: started copying everything Mm-hmm. at the lunchroom. All these USB drives would fall out of her pocket, and people are like, it's "Wow, fine. that's a lot of USB drives!" And she just got a trove of information, and and just felt that okay, if I'm going to do this, I got to get everything. And she, what she reveals, and she was, she's leaked them out to the Wall Street Journal, and yesterday she came on 60 Minutes, and this week she's testifying in front of Congress. Essentially, that Facebook knows that they are fine-tuning their algorithms to amplify anger, hate, divisiveness. And she said, look, I'm not going to sit here and posit that there's ill intention or evil intention or anything like that. But the reality is anger works. Fury and rage works. And I want to shift gears, Paul. I want to talk about sensationalism. And I want to talk about the things that we've seen that we see and we kind of take for granted, but they work really well when they can get you fired up. I'll kick it off, Paul. Okay. The WWE, formerly known as the WWF wrestling. Wrestling. Like, not professional wrestling, but like, they pretty much fessed up that it's a show. It's obviously fake, but what it's about is creating villains, getting people riled up, big
0: oiled up guys. Fighting as sort of fundamental forces.
1: You know, they had those folding chairs that they'd smash on each other, but they were mm-hmm. clearly made out of some other material that nobody got hurt. And so that's an example. I'll give you another one: the weigh-in. You ever see the weigh-in before, like an MMA match or a boxing oh, match?
0: Yeah, yeah. Just, just everybody's just talking, just angry. And they're
1: staring at each other, and sometimes the the managers have to keep them apart because they're gonna they're gonna jump each other's necks, and it's it's creating a narrative a story right and actually every freaking movie ever made where there's an action hero you we got to get you to hate something and then we're going to have you we're going to have that hero show up and, and turn the corner and save the day right this is something very fundamental and basic about humans
0: you don't need movies i mean this is every polit- every political speech is about what they don't want you to do what they don't want you to think and how we're going to get it together. And we're going to really change things for the better. And sometimes that can be very, very well intentioned. Like they don't want you to have good jobs or sometimes it can be really bad. Like they don't want you to storm the Capitol, pissing people off and getting them to kind of connect to each other and pledge their allegiance to each other. is just like what I'm about to say is something silly. It's a power move. It's the true power move.
1: It is the true power move. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know what it taps into. I think it taps into the same brain chemistry release that, hey, did you hear? David and Cynthia are getting divorced. I think it's not that different than that. Maybe amplified. Like Gossip. Gossip rags.
0: Yeah. But also, I think we feel really good when we know where the territory is and then we're on the inside. That's a big part of it too, right? Like, that's Nuremberg, right? You, you see the rally, and everybody's like, "Boy, it's nice to be inside that column of lights." Yeah. So what we can't deny
1: is that humans have this weakness. Let's call it a weakness. Maybe that's not the right. But have this no, no,
0: it's the weakness. Sometimes we use it for good, but boy, does it when it backfires? It backfires to World War II levels.
1: That's right. And when it's exploited. I mean, when you say, I mean, talk about World War II, a lot of what prefaced World War II was exceptional mobilization of interests by hating something, something else, anything else, right? So here we are. And so this is something that is inside of human nature. We're not going to deny that. And now you've got this platform, four to five billion users
0: Guys, it really up to that now. It is up to that, right? It's more of humanity than it isn't.
1: It's more of humanity than it isn't. That's right. And the platform, we should, let's let's state out loud Facebook's business model. It's not a subscription service. They sell advertising and they sell advertising against engagement. And they've found that if you push those buttons that stoke anger, that stoke frustration, that stoke divisiveness, there is more engagement. So now Facebook is left with a quandary, right? Well, I do not call it a quandary. They kind of decided very clearly that we are going to optimize for engagement. And what the papers that have been leaked show is that they know it. That they know that the platform's algorithms perform way better in terms of engagement if you can get people fired up.
0: All right, so let me give this back to you. So they, they basically have said... You know what? That's what the people want. Give them what they want. They're going to keep looking at it. Give them what they want and sell ads on top of it. And yeah, they get angry and they do all kinds of weird stuff. But frankly, that's not our problem. Our problem is to deliver eyeballs to our advertisers and we are the best at it. That's right. Which doesn't, in the abstract, just sounds like kind of any media hustle. But the problem is I think you got you got a scale here that's unprecedented. You know, so, you know, when I'm reading this stuff, it's like, well, Instagram is really bad for the self-worth of teen girls. And it's like, that's actually, the problem is at this scale, it's not like, well, you know, we're a magazine and we publish makeup tips. And, you know, some people have some real problems with what we do. And then you kind of work it out over time. The problem is that the majority of teen girls are on the platform.
1: They are. And they're keeping score on the platform. Right. And I think the implications here are no longer, wow, we're hating each other more or wow, that politician is exploiting it. I can't see another news report of a doctor sitting telling you that this patient comes in on death's door because of COVID and he starts rambling off a bunch of crazy shit that they read on Facebook. He's like, I can't do anything about it. I cannot, I'm not going to talk them off of that. They've been eating this up for months. So people are dying. Let's push aside the moral arguments and whether it's, we're going to be friendlier and warmer to each other without Facebook, if Facebook would just dial down that algorithm, people are dying.
0: Because Facebook has put its hands up about being a media conduit and -hmm. said, we can't really control those pieces of it. People are getting bad information and they're dying. That's right. God, it really has failed really badly. It failed during Trump's election. It's really failed during the, the virus. And I think what's rough then is you log in i haven't i don't log into facebook i'm done with it the big blue one i I barely look at instagram i haven't been on in a couple of years actually i do use whatsapp for family chat and a few other odds and ends but whatsapp is pretty neutral right but you know when you go in you're just it's sort of like hey it's you know the big update that's like hey COVID 19 we got you and come over here and look at this and read these resources same with google you search for something and it's like here's what you need to know so there's two things. One is okay. So first of all, look. Let me be really clear. This thing is a toxic Superfund site. I have I wrote about that in Business Week probably five six years ago. This is a a world catastrophe. They will never clean it up, and it is all of our problem. Okay. So like I, that is just like what I believe. I've believed it for a long time. I know people who work there. They're good people. This is a catastrophe. All of us. things, but like, good God. All right. So there's that. Second of all, I can't stop thinking about like Sheryl Sandberg's fingers just sort of slowly penetrating the table as she claws in anger, like just, you know, and Zuckerberg just seems to go surfing. It's so surreal watching what they're doing and then how they're behaving.
1: They sat down with their like PR handlers and the surveys and the, you know, the sentiment analysis, and they've decided that it's unwinnable. They're never going to be loved. So they've taken a more aggressive posture and a different sort of detached, more of a detached tact, I think.
0: You want to know my hypothesis is how we got here. I think it's really simple. I think it's like this because you've worked on digital products. You know, I've done things in public and worked on digital products. Let's say 10 people are real fans of your product. How do you interact with them? send you an email.
1: If the users of the products
0: email yeah, me. they send you an email. And, you know, the product just launched. What do you do?
1: Thank you so much. Well, of that's course great. you
0: reply. Yeah. Now, now, let's say one of them has a little critical feedback for you. What do you do? Not appreciate not me.
1: Fe- I mean, as long as it's constructive. Like, we really thank you. Thanks for telling us that. I mean, we really appreciate
0: hearing it. Okay, now that's 10. Let's say it's 100. Now, let's get to 10,000. What do you it's do? It's getting tricky now. Uh, mm-hmm. Keyword you analysis
1: on emails coming in.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's right. Now, let's say it's. 10 million, but a lot of the feedback, like a certain portion, 2 3% is really toxic and people are starting to use your, your service for really bad purposes. How do you start to see, because here's a, humans can only handle a certain number of relationships internally. Like yeah. you can't have a relationship with 10 million people. But you, they are humans. You start to kind of bucket them. And I, I've had yeah. this experience as I've worked on things that I have 10,000, 100,000, a million users. Yeah. You start to bucket them and you start to go like, oh, well, let's help that person out. That person really does need special attention. But the vast majority, you can never even know their name. See, you know what I start to think of those people as is, and this is something I fight when I'm doing product work kind of a horde of zombies, right? Like they just kind of want your thing and they don't listen they won't read the documents. They don't believe a word you say and they just kind of keep hitting the button. Yeah. It can really get that way. Now get it to 4 billion. What does humanity look like to you?
1: I got to tell you, there's some very, 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 very smart people at Facebook. They know which algorithm tamps down the divisive stuff, the incendiary stuff. They know how to do it. They've decided not to do it.
0: They don't care because it's a bunch of annoying zombies anyway. Just take their money and go. I, they, I think they're done with humanity.
1: Does the editor-in-chief of Globe and Mail have trouble sleeping at night? I mean, ideally, yes. Yeah, but he probably does. He's like, you know what? I got to sell papers. So the headline, the Meghan Markle headline where they found her like, you know, drunk and, and eating like four packs of Rolos, I'm going to publish that.
0: Just to be clear to our audience, there's never been any evidence that Meghan Markle ever got drunk and ate four packs of Rolos.
1: I don't think that's that severe of an accusation to begin with. But okay, <laughs> just, I, don't, I, mean, I get Rolos very nervous. Are you know. Delicious after a few drinks, to be perfectly
0: frank. How wouldn't it be nice anyway, to just eat some Rolos? When's the last time you had Rolos?
1: I have not had Rolos in a really long time.
0: Anyway, Facebook's enabling genocide. They can tune. They can turn the knobs. They're like, why bother with the zombie hordes? Let them just keep pouring their money into our buckets. And if they can go die, I'm going to go have a drink with my friends and go hike in the mountains.
1: OK, so now we've we've stated the case here. Now let's solve the problem.
0: Well, but hold on. And this is what's tricky, right? Because we're saying this and like when Facebook defends itself, it's worse. Like every time they go and they tell, them, they're like, well, we take your security very perch and it's the same damn narrative. And it's just like, this is harm. You've done harm. Can you please acknowledge any part of the harm? And they're like, nah, not really. Okay, you're going to solve it. Okay, solve it for me, Richard. Well, I'm not going to solve it.
1: I want to take you on a, on a journey, Paul. Ready? I'm ready. Do you know what happened in 1908? The Mark Marlborough was registered in the United States.
0: Hmm, cigarettes, Marlboro Man.
1: Marlboro Man came later, but Marlboro, we're we're in we're pre-World War One. In 1923, it started to get marketed. Now, let's take a guess. Everybody smoked. Everybody smoked. It was refreshing and delicious. 1923 they hit the market in the US. Uh-huh. The first warning label showed up in 1966. And it was 40 years, 40 years. And then in 1970, the cigarette labeling and advertising act of 1965 kicks in. And then for over, they gave him some, a few years to get their act together and put the labels on. Look, I don't know the history of how you get from 1920 to 1960, 1970, all right? That's 50 years. It's a long, that's a, it's a lot of-
0: It's actually incremental. And then there are a lot of think tanks and doctors who are funded who are like, no, 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 it's good for your lungs.
1: They probably knew in the 30s, 40s, 50s that we were killing millions of people and you probably had a wicked, wickedly powerful mo- lobbying well, yeah, I don't effort. Think
0: there wasn't that good an understanding of, of cancer either, right? So-
1: That may be. I could do the same exercise with seatbelts. Like a lot of people had to fly through the windshield, Paul, for seatbelts to become mandatory in automobiles. Before they had, you had to wear them, you had to put them in. There was a day when there was nothing to, to strap yourself down with. There were, there were no seatbelts. Then they showed up and then they were optional. And then they were required by law. And that took many years. Facebook is what? 20 years old now? 30 years old? No, no 25 years um, old? Fifth, more like 15. Yep. But humans move slowly, man. Especially regulation. Regulation well, with, tends to. Especially with lots of humans. I need to see more people die before I make you put a warning sticker on on the back of that pack of cigarettes. It's just how it works, and it's because there are obviously conflicting interests. You've got a, a you know a massive tobacco lobby that existed for many many years that held kept it at bay. That kept advertising. I'm sure there was probably it was gradual where you can't you can't be misleading in the ads, right? Stop telling people it's good for you in the morning. So that had to go away. And then eventually, it's like, all right, we got to put a sticker on these things. When you're putting a warning label on something, it's pretty much come to a head. It's probably been it had come to a head for many years already, and mm. probably millions of people died. What this illustrates is that government's ability to mobilize again, and you know, we're about to see this with climate change. Is notoriously slow because yeah. conflicting interests tend to bring drag on the right thing.
0: Well, and I think also everybody wants to get out, right? Like they see it coming, so for, at first they're like, "No, no, 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 no," and then they're like, "Okay, but you got to give me a minute, right? yeah, because this you can't do it too quickly." And and they they literally just extract, you know, it's like the. Russians after the fall of the Soviet Union like you got to just just give me like one more year Yeah to, yep. to figure this out and then eventually the policy shows up.
1: That's right And and you know what you actually have happening and then this actually occurred is that they shifted sales to other countries Central America and South America a lot of marketing of cigarettes marketing of as the health craze took off here
0: It was really in the 40s and it was in the late 40s and early 50s that they started to truly establish the link scientifically and then, as pressure kept growing, you're right; they kept going like, "Well, we're not going to be able to sell as many cigarettes in the U.S." So, yeah, you know, I mean, China became an enormous consumer of cigarettes.
1: Now, we can ask the question of whether the cigarette leadership, the owners of these businesses, they were probably publicly traded. The executives that run these companies, are they evil? Are we asking the same question? Is Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg evil? Are they evil?
0: Before you answer that, let me do a thing, which I think, and I think this is a, a critical part. You got four or five billion people. Let's say it's two billion. It doesn't matter how many billion, it's billions. And you say, Well, I mean, look at what the look at what you're doing. Look at the damage you're doing. You're really hurting segments of society. Don't I have an argument to come back to you and say, okay. Yes, 99% of the people who use our platform use it to say hi to their cousins.
1: That's your counter argument.
0: My counter argument is like, remember when Mike's mom got sick and everybody rallied behind her? Remember when Sally went for the the fun run and we all we all chipped in and raised $100,000? Like, I mean, what about that? Two to 3%, well, even less, 0.2 to
1: 0.5% of people who drive over 80 miles an hour die on the road. Most don't. But mm-hmm. guess what? Speed limits were put in place because you had to collectively protect people from self-harm, a lot of harm, right? And so, you know, this is the classic argument is, and, and Facebook has embraced this, which is people have the right to connect with one another to be kind to one another, to bring joy to one another. Yes, they do. They also have the right to drive a car. But guess what? You infringe on liberties to actually expand liberty. Let me explain this. Yeah, I don't understand. If there is no speed limit on I-95 and it is a Mad Max hellscape, do you know what you will do? You will not go on that road. Sure. It actually limits freedom in many ways, right? I'm going to share something slightly controversial. Maybe not. In the eight, I lived in New York City in the late 70s, early 80s. You couldn't get mm-hmm. on the train after 8 p.m.
0: Oh, it was a scary time in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It was a scary time in the city. And so what I found was uh, you'd make plans. Essentially, my liberties, my freedoms were actually infringed upon. I couldn't do a lot of things. I couldn't go to the city with my friends. We'd all chip in once in a while, or one, once we got old enough and somebody could borrow their dad's car, we would go into the city. But we had way more limitation as to what we could do, much less freedom. So what yep. happened? The city really attacked crime in a pretty aggressive way, in what mm-hmm. would, many would view as an infringement on freedoms and liberties and whatnot. But what happened was the net result was actually far more freedom. I'm getting on the train at 10.30 at night without flinching. It became mm-hmm. a safer city. And when it became a safer city, everyone's collective freedom actually went up.
0: I mean, ten, 10 sociologists just burst into flames as you said that, but it is complicated.
1: I mean, there's an old, I'm going to sound really hoity-toity for a second here. Without laws, laws are infringements on freedoms, Right. Mm-hmm. Thomas Hobbes said, "Life of man would be solitary, poor, nasty, brutish, and short."
0: Mm-hmm. It's a famous quote, right? Right. It's
1: a famous quote. What he's saying there is, look, this is during the Renaissance thinking, and, and Thomas Paine, and all this, you know, like freedom of individuals emanates from the individual, and you should be able to do whatever he wants. It's like, look, if you do that, you're not going to be able to leave your house because it's a it's a jungle out there. So you need laws to actually expand freedom. I, I mean, it sounds counterintuitive, but without those ground rules, I, can't, I, I wouldn't take my kid on the street. If there's no streetlights and people are just racing across crosswalks, you couldn't, then I you can't go out.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, look, I like living in a civil society. It's one of my—I'm I'm a huge fan. I take the bus. Exactly.
1: Even and and you can take this up to transactions and trusting banks and all of it, right? We regulate banks. We peer into banks today.
0: You know, I can tie together these strands, right? Because I'm sitting here saying, like, look, from a user perspective, Facebook's building this product and this platform, and they just look out and they're like, I am tired of humanity. Like they are just like like sort of exhausted gods. They're just like. Hey, yeah. eh, boy, there yeah. they are again. And sort of what you're saying, right, is like by allowing that, by kind of indulging their worst, you know, from my point of view, what they've done is they've indulged their worst opinion of, of humanity. And you know what's fascinating to me is like government in general, right, even when it's bleak, tends to have a pretty optimistic point of view about humanity's ability to improve itself, especially you know, like dem- the United States as a democratic government is like, okay, I know, that was bad, McCarthy was bad, other things are bad, we have done really bad stuff. you know. And depending on the administration in charge, we're like, maybe we'll put up a museum to commemorate the bad stuff, or maybe we'll pretend it didn't happen at all. We're always oscillating between those things, right? But in general, the take is, you know what? We're gonna build a museum, we're gonna do a thing, we're gonna acknowledge what happened and we're gonna figure it out and it's gonna take a while, but we're going to move on because we really, really we believe in the people. We like the people. We're going to put Facebook does not believe in the people. I don't think it does. Like I just, I just don't get that.
1: I, I think you're right. You know, there's sort of this hyper intellectualism that can rationalize just about anything. It's
0: metrics driven, right? Because there, there isn't that idea of like the individual vote matters, right? Like you know, they, they always talk about their, themselves as a kind of pseudo government and, and like their governance structures and so on, and they've got their advisory boards and. So on. But ultimately, in a democracy, right? The, the vote matters. You have to actually think about what does the individual want? Not what I think they should need or what I think they want, but what they actually want. But instead, I think we're in this cycle where they, they think that people are voting by reading things that make them enraged. They think that metrics are a kind of democracy. And I think that that is madness. You think that's how they're rationalizing it? I think it's just big dashboards on the wall. And they're like, well, oh, man, everybody wants to. Look, people really care about, I don't know, the Yankees.
1: Yeah. How do you fix it, Paul? I mean, Facebook's not going to be deleted... Well, who knows? It's still down as of this uh, podcast. So <laughs> maybe, maybe, somebody of, maybe somebody just uh, hit delete. I don't deleted. know for sure. You know,
0: you can do that. You could just get rid of the code repository. Okay, so I mean, let's just look at the past really quickly. I think that there, the way that they understand their users is broken. I think it's a global platform, which makes this really, really complicated. And it's not like you, can, you can't call the UN in to negotiate. I think strong regulatory effort by coordinated Western democracies to start. Regulate Facebook. I got nothing else at this point because it's not going to do it itself. It's not. I got nothing else. I'm not a big fan of this. I think the government is slow. I think it's kind of like when the government gets involved with tech, it's been pretty brutal. That said, the people who are in there now in a regulatory capacity are people who understand the Internet and how this works. They're as smart as on the other side as the people on Facebook. There just aren't as many of them. And so, like, I trust that. I would trust that more than I trust Facebook to try to, quote, solve this problem anymore.
1: Well, I mean, I think what's been revealed is that they're aware there's a problem, and they've decided that their priorities are around money and making money. I mean, that's that's essentially what has been revealed. So, how do you force that hand? I, I think that's right. I think you're right. I think it is regulation. But let me let me just say something to you know the millions of listeners of this podcast, Paul. Mm. That's top down. That's government finally imposing itself and making sure everyone wears seatbelts. And forcing the car manufacturers to install seatbelts and install airbags, right? But as parents, I just want to talk just for a moment that as a parent myself, and you're a parent as well. Yeah,
0: I don't want my kids on that platform at all.
1: I just don't want them on the platform. There are other platforms... Twitter, everyone lectures you and yells at you, but it's still a little less
0: divisive. I mean, Twitter is an absolute trash fire, but it seems to just—it just at some level, everyone's like, "Yeah, this is bad." Like it's just sort yeah. of like everybody, yeah. everybody's it's like, also, "This it's is a
1: fraction of the reach." I mean, let's just say that out loud. It's a
0: baby compared, but. Twitter just kind of, there's a self-awareness to Twitter. And we know a lot of people who work at Twitter. There is a kind of like, yeah, okay, well, we are, that, mm-hmm, absolutely. And there's just an honesty to it. The one that's tricky in all this, and you know, they're they're, they're just over there with their head down, hoping nobody brings them up, is YouTube. Because yeah. it is like a parallel internet. Everybody uses it. It's kind of social. And it also just keeps recommending, you know. Let me put my lawyer
1: hat on for a second here and I'm... Definitely out of my league, but I'll say it anyway. It's going to be very... You can't write a law for Facebook. That's the, the challenge here. So when you come that's up what, with that I, That's law, what
0: everybody wants. Everybody wants the, like, Mark Zuckerberg can't surf anymore act. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, it's,
1: you have to pass a law that gets applied uniformly. Yeah. And antitrust is not going to cut it. So whatever it is, it's going to impact YouTube. It's going to impact everybody. And I think that's what's needed here. I mean, that is just where we are.
0: It's so tricky because so much of the content... Is sliding people towards a particular political ideology that's pretty far right that makes people yeah. really anxious and upset. Yeah. Which, of course, if you start to go down that path, our far right wing of government will lose its mind. So these are really hard, but we're in an era of just unbelievably hard problems and it sucks. And we, but we got to grind it out. And this is some garbage. This is terrible. We've been saying it. We, you know, We've had and it's, like three
1: podcasts on this topic. We've been, I'm going to give seeing. us
0: some credit, man. We did a podcast like right when Trump was elected saying he needed to get off of Twitter, like they needed to pull him, and they did eventually, right? Now, if they had at the time that we said, I'm sure it would have been 50 lawsuits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, also they did under the cover of the capital getting attacked. Like they did it after that, right? Yeah. You have, no, I know. I know. you had a
0: justifiable uh, situation. well oh, but they could have done a lot less harm if they'd done it four or five years ago. I mean, you got to acknowledge that harm. Yeah, that's right.
1: If you're at Facebook and you're listening to this, look on the bright side here. Like you're going to have other people get real happy if you shift things around. It'll be like, Margaret, I got 71 thumbs after I put a picture of my bundt cake.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, also remember remember when everybody just hated Uber? All they did was hate Uber all day long. Yeah. And then they got that new guy, I, and now now everybody's like, yeah, it's okay. I just take over here. I got to get home. <laughs> yeah, although <laughs> as far as I can tell, like its overall relationship to the gig economy hasn't changed. It is time for new leadership. I think that's the other thing too. Like if Facebook really wants this to go away, what I would do is take my hundred billion dollars.
1: No, dude. There's there will be no new leadership. Dude, he's a little man. He's got like a booster seat for for Congress. It's a (laughs) bad scene. He's never given that thing up. Dude. That is
0: he's got plastic swords all over his house. That could make it go away. They would say at that point, like, okay, well, we gotta give the new guy six months. You know what what'll
1: make it go away? If they make him testify in front of Congress without the booster seat, I think I think he'll say, I'm resigning from Facebook. Cause he can't you can't have his only his chin over the table talking to Congress. Not gonna work. Look, I think this is an important topic. We actually rushed to record this podcast. As of this moment, throughout the recording of this podcast. Facebook continues to be down.
0: Oh, this is fascinating. Well, it is you know, fascinating. It's fascinating. And the timing is so bizarre, right? I think also, just like I'm, I'm trying to hit her, and it's down, down. Like no 404, no 503 NGINX Guru Meditation Gateway, no Cloudflare, just nothing. Yeah, exactly. I, you know,
1: I wish the DNS providers would just for the day while it's down, just reroute everyone to like the San Diego Zoo and like World Wildlife Foundation. <laughs> Can you imagine?
0: To- but, but also you would literally, it, it, you might as well just drop a small, like tactical nuke on the servers of those organizations. <laughs> of anybody. <Sorry>. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a relief though. What a, What a moment of freedom. Let me close it out with this. The other day I've been riding my bike to and fro the office, which has been great. It's about nine miles each way. And the other day I left my phone at the office and uh, my wife got really upset. She got in touch with you because she's like, where's Paul? What the hell's happening? Literally, I'm offline for one hour. And then, of course, that night I didn't have my phone. I'll tell you, it was the greatest day. It was so wonderful. (laughs) And people are like, what do you always do? You're always on Twitter. But the thing is, is like when you are middle-aged like I am, your entire life, you don't get to really do anything cool. Your entire life is just people kind of need something from you. Yeah. A lot of meetings where we just kind of, I think one of the reasons why you and I get along so well is like, we don't really need anything out of each other. We just kind of like to help each other yeah. along. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you, I, I came right. in the next morning and I picked up that phone and it was with a moment of profound regret. And then, of course, you know, then 10 minutes later, I'm on Twitter just slamming, jamming my tweets into the bucket. <laughs> so, But all I'm saying is I really, we need a little freedom from all this. It's been a long haul. We're kind of all in online. It's the longest haul.
1: There is no end to the long haul. This is it.
0: And it, there's this real holiday mood that Facebook is down. There's a holiday mood when Slack is down and like we should be looking at that we really should it's time to kind of think think it all through
1: while facebook is down you could you know what's up though paul postlight.com <laughs> oh my
0: god is it look it's at that running let me let me see hold on listen let me type dot from... mm, postlight.com oh wow look at that the whole You're... internet's feeling a little faster today <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, <laughs> <laughs> just you know good. you know what you get when you go to postlight.com rich there is a button on the top right and do you know what it says get in touch get in touch it's in bright red you can't miss it and uh, you can do that you can go to the website and click that button or you can say hello at postlight.com and if you do that who gets those emails you and me and the whole strat team
1: a lot of really cool people will get those emails We love you to know what talk. I do
0: love though every now and then a middle school student will send us something offensive yeah it's pretty funny it's pretty good and once I did look up the middle school school because they sent it from their school address yeah I looked up the vice principal of that school and just wrote back and was like you know hey there I don't think Vice Principal Adams would be really impressed with your email. <laughs> Never heard back. You feel like a hero there? All right. Well, look, um, we solved it. You know, we were right about Twitter five years before, and we're right about Facebook now. It's time I for think, the government to I think the last time we talked Facebook on the podcast, we
1: said Regulate. We had Jason Goldman on.
0: We've said it nonstop. You know, I guess the next one, we should actually define the regulation, which again, Mark Zuckerberg is not allowed to surf is the entirety of the act. Talk to your neighbor, look into each other's eyes. Well, enjoy it, you're free. By the time you hear this, they'll turn the um, new Facebook back on and it'll turn out this is all a product launch and uh, humanity has <laughs> basically has lost all free will by the time you get this <laughs> podcast. But it'll be fine. Hello at postlight.com. Have a great week, everyone. (laughs) Goodbye.